connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. podcast unofficially the official podcast at denver comic-con i am ryan with me is zach the attack and brad to the bone yeah where's james <laughs> fucking his mattresses i don't know what what uh what excuse should we make up to make james feel bad for not being on this week um well we just got done feeding the homeless orphans at the homeless orphans soup kitchen up the street that's right, right. And it Real was, nerd sponsored event. Yep, and you know, everyone was counting on all four of us being there. And James is like, you know what? I'm too good for orphans. Some little bright eyed little girl like came up to you and like grabbed your hand, and she mm-hmm. asked, "Ryan, where is James?" Where is James? <laughs> yeah, and I said, you know what, little girl, who we made up for the story, he doesn't care about you. <laughs> When James saw the picture of that little boy from Aleppo with the blood coming down his head, oh god, he didn't care. He didn't even know where Aleppo was. He thought it was a dog food, and I just think that's really unacceptable. It's dark. We're, it's hor- dark, we're horrible people. Um, every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw Jack Reacher never go back. Uh, we'll review the movie at the end of the show. We also spoil it, but before we do, we tell you if you should see it or not, and we play the trailer for it. And one or two things are going to happen. You're either going to like the movie or you're not. That, that makes sense. That, that, that's, that's from the movie. Oh. <laughs> Remember, he's, he, he's sitting in the diner, and he says, two things are going to happen. One, that phone's going to ring. And two, you'll be wearing these cuffs. Fuck yeah, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I, I will admit, like, I... I the amount of time in between I've seen this than you guys have, it, I saw it on Tuesday for victory screening. So mm-hmm. my memory's going to be a little fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot to ask you, you did CineScore for The Accountant. How did you get picked for that? I just, I, I it was a, like the first showing in the morning mm-hmm. at the, so um, I just walked out and some um, person just handed me a card and, and like said, hey, can you rate this for me? And I was like, wait a minute, this is those CinemaScore things that they say. Like, I didn't realize, like, I always thought it was, like, a reviewer thing mm-hmm. for, like, professionals, oh, no. but the cinema score is actually just yeah, people who fans. walk out in the movies. Yeah, I uh, I hope you put that you're going to buy it on Blu-ray just so people know that you're going <laughs> to, you know, even if you're not going to buy The Encountant on Blu-ray, right? you just put that you're going to buy it so they still make Blu-rays. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Good man. That Good was man. my plan. Because, yeah, like, a lot of the questions were, like, did, weren't relevant to me, but I pretended, like, yeah, like, I'm not going to buy this movie no matter what, but. <laughs> yeah, but if you, if you. Not saying it's a bad movie. It just you know you just don't want to own on. But Blu-ray. if I had a choice, it would be Blu-ray. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's what we have. We have to make them aware of that. Exactly. Because you know, I want Blu-rays. I don't know. I don't think Blu-rays will ever go away. I think it even like physical copies might be you know, like you know, uh, vinyl eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think they'll always be available for people like me. 
and Brad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for collectors um, who want the whole experience and don't want to rebuy it every time they want to watch it. Yep. Which, you know. Because, you know, it was funny. I was, tom- tomorrow I have to go to a conference for four days, and I was going to buy some movies for my iPad. You know, movies I haven't seen this year, like Central Intelligence and things like that. Dude, they're like fourteen ninety nine. They're as much as digital. the physical copy. Yeah, on. so I'll just buy the physical copy and download the digital HD one of it. Exactly. That comes with it. It's so silly. I just don't get it. And the picture quality isn't as good. I was watching Friday the 13th, um, the 2009 one today, and like the colors aren't like 100% right on it. You know, it's, there's, it's too dark in some areas, so I think the black levels aren't right in the digital version. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me bitching and being too... Well, it's, a, it's a compressed version. Like Exactly. The one the Blu-rays, you know, uh, how uh, five gigs or whatever, and the one you're downloading is probably just one. You know, usually we start with um, Alamo, um, but I'm, I'm going to change it up a little bit this <gasps> week because, um, Brad, you alluded it to on a post, uh, me and you love Nintendo so much, and, I, <laughs> and uh, Nintendo just announced the Nintendo Switch, which is their new console, which I... I when I see it, I think it's super cool. So basically, it's a console that's a dock, but you can take with you. So it's a handheld and a dock. I mean, I heard that they were going to do this, mm-hmm. but to see it actually in motion and see what they were doing is super cool because not only is it a a dock, but you can change the controllers for whatever works best for you. Um, it's really innovative, and you know that's the one thing I think Nintendo does better than anybody else is innovation. Um, people take for granted like analog controls. And when the N64 came out, is the first one that had analog controls for home consoles. And, uh, you know, just think of 3D gaming where it's Super Mario, 3, or Super Mario 64, um, you know, Ocarina of Time, that open world kind of exploration that they've really... Rumble packs. Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the expansion pack that you could add on to it. I mean, I, I can... You know, I, I, Brad, I don't know if you remember when... Uh, we used to work at GameStop or Game Crazy. I always knew how big the N64 games were by how heavy the cartridge was. Like, mm-hmm. if the cartridge was really heavy, I knew it was, like, a really long game. Yep. Um, I remember Majora's Mask was a very heavy cartridge. Yeah, dense, yeah. And uh, same with Perfect Dark. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think it's really innovative. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know if I call it innovative. Um, it's just, it, it's, uh, oh, what is it? What's the, it's uh, efficient, like, it just combines these two worlds that, like I, in my post, I was saying, you know, even when we were back in our N64 days, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just wondered why we had to have these little handhelds with little screens. Like, it's like, can't they just make the screen bigger and put it in the console so we can have the console version portable? Well, like, Well, to me, I think the innovation comes from the different um, controllers you can have. You can hold it like a traditional handheld or you can pull it apart. I'd say, yeah, the modularness is yeah, innovative. Yeah. Uh, and you're producing uh well playstation 4 xbox one level graphics on a handheld screen yeah so they're basically taking um the wii u controller and updating it and making it so so many people can play it and i think it's such a smart move and they're going back to cartridges yeah which is they're not really cartridges they're basically like the 3ds memory cards memory cards but when you think about it and i was thinking out loud to myself, because no one's ever around me. Um, <laughs> so a Blu-ray disc, if it's dual-layered, I think it's something like 150 gigs. I think it's, it's 25 for single side, so it's probably 50 for double 50. layer. Uh, I think they have the like big ones now, but they might not have them for Yeah, they have the yet. Ultra Blu-ray, yeah. But, um, but 
you can put you know tons of memory on one of those cards. Mm-hmm. You know, even like a little flash card now. I mean, yeah, they've when, come a long way in in disc or uh, card technology, like hard drives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like um, back when the GameCube was around, like they were doing DVDs on the PlayStation. But mm-hmm. Nintendo went with the mini disc because they said like these games don't even fill up a DVD. Yeah. So um, let's do our own disc. But the same thing with Blu-ray. Like yeah. Um, yeah, and, th- and memory cards have caught up. So. So yeah, I mean it's just interesting, and you know I, and it gets me excited when they show they're showing little previews, and I see obviously we knew Zelda was coming out for it, but you know you see Mario Mario Kart, and I I really hope they said they're not going to announce anything for in a couple months, but I hope that. There's a Mario game and a Zelda game at launch. Um, but it seems like they have a Skyrim game coming out for it, so they have third-party support, which I think is a very big thing. Because if you can take those kind of games with you on the road, mm-hmm. I think it's a big advantage. One of my friends, Luke, told me that it's like, oh, it's like the PSP. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's a, he's one of those guys who always just is going to pick on something that's like, because he wants to be negative, you know, those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't even remind me of a PSP at all. I've played a PSP. Um so, yeah, I'm excited. And I, I didn't know what they were going to do. And what they're doing uh, is really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm excited to get one. So, yeah. So, hopefully the pre-orders will be up soon. I'll be pre-ordering it. There's also, like, a someone's trying to knock, like, the battery life might only be five hours. But I'm like, are you really going to sit on a handheld for five hours straight? Yeah. That's the thing too. Well, I'm sure it, since it's going to be a handheld, it'll probably come with an adapter to plug it in. Yeah. And then uh, someone said, like, well, if you're on a plane for 12 hours, like, flying across the ocean or whatever, um, it, for five hours, it's not going to carry you. But I'm like, doesn't a 12-hour plane, like, have charging stations they for do. cell phones now? They do. They have them on the floor. Yeah. So you can just, I mean, you might have to take a friggin' break, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you should, yeah. instead of staring um, at a screen for that long. Yeah, no, I, hats off to Nintendo. And it, it, it's cool, too, because that means that they're still going to develop to the 3DS and still have their handheld separate. But if you want... A bigger gaming experience. Yeah, I think it's I think it's smart. So it's good ex- on them. It's the handheld experience I've always wanted. Like yeah. being able to take the the console experience on the road with you. Just imagine like when we were at cons and things, like how great that would have been. Oh yeah, to have waiting in line and stuff all day. Yeah, and I agree. Um, yeah. So anytime, it's so I get excited. And I was actually telling my wife, I said, "Man, we've been together now for like two console cycles. That's a long time." She's like, "What? <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about?" And I had to tell her, I said, remember, we got the Wii, and then I got the Wii U, and now I'm going to get the Nintendo Switch. Or, what are you blabbing about? Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> she's like, shut up. Go to work and leave me alone. Okay. She doesn't care about my extracurricular activities. I have so many games going on right now, it's ridiculous. I have Mario Color Splash. I got the Tomb Raider for PS4, and then I got the Batman Remastered. I haven't started yet. The Return to Arkham? Mm-hmm. Nice. I know. I haven't put it in yet. It looks nice. Is it, is it just a better looking version yeah. of the original or is so, there more stuff? So it has Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Uh, all the graphics have been remastered and it has all the DLC on them. And if uh, that's one of my... Uh, I know some people don't like it, but one of my favorite things that PS4 is doing is they're going back to all their really big PS3 games and companies are remastering them. And they're really fun to play when they're running at 60 frames per second and the lighting's better. Um and the graphics are better, and I think it's cool. And, you know, so you can get both the Arkham games. I think it's, like, $45. Yeah. Well, I bought the the dual pack for the PS3. Yeah, I mean, you're not really missing anything. You're just missing better graphics. Yeah. Um, but I don't have my PS3 anymore, and I want to play the Batman games, so 
I'll put it on my PS4. Nice. Enjoy. So yeah. Anyways, we're a movie podcast, but I just thought the Nintendo Switch was really cool. Yeah, that's, that's and, big news. Um, you know, it, it just got me excited uh, thinking about it and the possibilities. Yeah, I've kind of shied away from gaming for the past few years, so it it, it really has been like under my radar. So mm-hmm. hearing like a Nintendo system coming out just like <laughs> just gets my geek totally juices flowing. Gross. Nice. <laughs> this is what's playing at our favorite movie theater, the Alamo Draft House. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mintz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Uh, on Monday, they have Agfa Real One Horror Party. Sure. I don't know what that is. I think it's one of those goofy, like... I think I saw a preview for it when I was there last. It's like the, homemade you, horror films or something. No, it's it's from the American Genre uh, Film Association. They pick random films, and they're not going to tell you what they are. And then you have to uh, vote on which one you like the most. But they only show you, like, 15 minutes at a time. Hmm. And then oh, whichever huh. one wins gets the whole film shown at the end at this big party at the Alamo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you can also see The Brotherhood of Satan. <laughs> and, Why uh, not? <laughs> and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is also playing on Monday. Yep. Um, on Tuesday, um, Kiz You Mongotari Part 2. I think that's what it is. Um, the Bram Stoker's Dracula Feast. And I Saw the Devil, which I heard is um, a, a very different horror film. Uh, on Wednesday, The Graveyard Shift presents A Lizard in a Woman's Skin. I love the title of that. The movie looks really cheesy, but I love the name. I, I'm always a big fan of like um, B-movie horror titles. I mean, I think I, I, I told... Uh, Microwave Massacre. Yeah. All you have to... <laughs> well, actually, I really love the name, too. A Girl Walks a home, home Alone at Night. I think yep. it's a really cool name for a vampire film. So I hope they remake it in American version so I don't have to watch subtitles, you know. A Girl Walks Alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, which stars The Rook. Uh, Michael Rooker for the late person. <laughs> Yondu? <laughs> uh, oh, we got some trailer talk for this week. Oh, yeah. Eric Red is going to be presenting two movies on... Thursday. Um, up first is going to be Body Parts, and that'll be followed by 100 Feet. I do love when the Alamo has directors come in and do Q&As. It's always fun. Oh, I don't want to buy Jack Reacher tickets this week. Um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix is playing on Friday. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince is playing on Saturday. Also on Saturday is Dismember at the Alamo 2016. Um, we had Kendall on a couple weeks ago, and she said, um, people's biggest complaint is last year was artsy fartsy horror films, um, and then when she said Steve picked it, I wasn't surprised. I mean, he, his favorite movie was Inherent Vice. Guys, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Steve. Um, but so yeah, so if you don't know what it is, I don't even. There might not even be any tickets left, but. It's three horror films, and you don't know what they are when you go in. It's just random. And they last year they had uh, the Reanimator and the director Stuart Gordon there, so um, you never know what they're going to have. So it's always cool. And I think it's I think it's like twenty five bucks. That's not bad for three movies. What um, are you going to do if one of them is Friday the Thirteenth and Sean Cunningham is there? Um, yeah, well, I mean, if I didn't have to work, <laughs> and I mean, if if I knew I was going to get off in enough time, I would go do it. Um, and if they're still, t- I mean, I still could. I mean, if I get done right at ten, then I can make it there. Or even I guess eleven. 
I, I'll try to do it because my my cousin will be there. Lisa will be there, so I'll try to run down and see it. But the last time I checked, there's only like ten seats left. Right. But then you do all that, and it's not Friday the Thirteenth and Sean Cunningham. Then what do you do? Then I go and talk to Steve and like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> I do. I, you know, I really should talk to him because in January there's a Friday the Thirteenth, and I really want to do oh. Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. That has to happen. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna see. I should reach out to him on Twitter or something and see if we can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows double feature is on Sunday. Those two movies, guess the running length of those two movies. Six hours? Pretty close. Five and a half hours. Afternoon Tea is Albert Hitchcock's wonderful first film, Rebecca. Um, nice. If you've never seen Rebecca, you should That's definitely. his first film? Yeah. His first American film. Hmm. Yeah, 1940. Um, and his only one that was ever nominated for Best Picture, correct? Yep. Correct. No, wait, no, Psycho was nominated for Best Picture as well. Was it nominated for Best Picture? Yes, it was. I'm going to fact check you on that one. Was he making uh, Norwegian films before that? Like, why no, he was making films in Britain. Um, oh. Like 39 Steps. and. Uh, is he British? He yeah, is. he's British. Oh, I, I always thought he was American. I Good watched evening. Alfred Hitchcock Presents as a kid. Didn't notice. Good evening. <laughs> he just sounded like he had a really proper accent. It wasn't like, Good evening. Now we're going to watch some horrible tales. Well, I hate to tell you I'm right, Zach, but I'm right. Oh, uh, you are right? Yep. Uh, what was it nominated uh, for, then? Psycho was nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Janet Lee, Best Director, Alfred Hitchcock, Best Cinematography, Black and White, John L. Russell, and Best Art Direction, Start Set Direction, Black and White, Joseph Hurley, Robert Clatworthy, and George Milo. Oh, wow. I'm wrong. Sorry. I don't know why people try to, you know, go trivia with me. <laughs> Maybe Brad's the only person who can beat me in trivia. I tried. I failed. And you failed. <laughs> A so, lot. Such is my life. <laughs> Go choke yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I have a belt you can hang to a door on the door. Uh, can you turn away from the mic when you do that? <laughs> yes. Th- That's the first time the mic really picked him up was when he coughed <laughs> into it. <laughs> Brad, what's going on around town? All right, Midnight's at the Esquire this week is they're going all out on that Rocky Horror Picture Show. So it's not even like a, you know, every other week thing. This is, this is it's just, or it's, it's not doubled up with anything. It's just the Rocky Horror Picture Show for October 28th and 29th. Um, and then the following week, uh, jumping a little bit of ahead, is uh, They Live. November oh, 4th sweet. And 5th, so. Man, I should see that in. Chew some bubble gum and come on down. And at the drive-in, um, I think it might be the second to last week of their season. They've changed it up to Goosebumps as the opener, Magnificent, Magnificent Seven as the middle. Bad ADR. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll talk about that later. And closing <laughs> with Pride and, Prejudice, Pr- Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Hey, fun. Yeah, that was like a February movie. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, there's not a lot to choose from for... This Halloween season, for them to, so they got to dig back in the well. I'm, I'm really mad at myself, speaking of which. So in the oh, fantasy, I know. I fantasy saw. Movie League, I actually I had the perfect cinema. Had nothing else on happened. Thursday. You, yeah. I had the perfect cinema on Thursday. And then I was like, you know what? I can get one more Ouija. Oh, wait. So you changed it at the last minute. I did. I said, I can get one more Ouija in there. And if it performs at 1920 million, then they'll offset... 
the stupid Boo of Medea's Halloween, and then I'll put in Deepwater Horizon, um, and I should be able to get it. And then, of course, it underperformed. Well, it performed. It just didn't. Yeah, it do didn't, that. didn't yeah, do, it didn't like do the more. Nineteen million yeah. that I was hoping. I this one this week was annoying me because I did, and one I didn't want to put Medea on there. I, I mess around with it so much. I was trying to find a way to put Jack Reacher in there and then put like a bunch of other ones, but. Yeah. Jack or Reacher for the price it was, it's it was at, a, it would have had it done like thirty million. Yeah, it just wasn't well enough. But yeah. it's all right. I'll I'll come back for the uh, after the fall and win the next one. <laughs> and if, and we'll the, see. And uh, what'd you name the award? Oh, it's the nerdy. The nerdy will be mine. All right. <laughs> um, I'll enjoy it for eleven weeks. Yep, and we'll have yeah. a roast like Michael Scott. Ooh, <laughs> that'd be fun. Yeah. Nice. Uh, this one's coming out on Blu-ray. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, the 4K triple set of Ultra HD of Batman, Superman, Mad Max, and San Andreas? That one seems tactile, but what do I know? <laughs> Gotta uh, get these San Andreas copies out there. <laughs> yeah. Did um, you see that, like, they have an ultimate collector's, like, an ultimate, ultimate collector's edition of Batman, Superman coming out from Amazon? Yeah. It's like... I, I, I thought people hated that movie. Yeah, I don't think there's anything new on it, though. Yeah, it's just a fancy box with extra shit. Yeah. They don't. People are... It, it, people are so stupid. I, I know I always bring this up, but there's a time where Rotten Tomatoes had the worst comic book movies of all time, and Spider-Man 3 was number one. I'm like, really? Worst comic book movie ever? That's not, that's not even close. Not even close. <laughs> that's when they say um, Batman Superman is, um, you know the worst comic book movie mm, no 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 there's problems with it but it doesn't mean it's not fun um lights out which is uh the horror film it's pretty good scream factory is releasing the exorcist 3 on their collector's edition um, which apparently has the uh the uh what the work print yeah i think it's it yeah, yeah. The, there's a cool interview with them on blumhouse's website where they talk about how they were able to get it um they, they those people at screen factory work really hard um to bring <laughs> sometimes shitty movies <laughs> to the masses um nerve that awesome uh dave franco film that fucked us over in the last season of fancy movie league <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one week um the mad max high octane anthology is coming out the collector's edition so you can get uh, the chrome um one is included in that uh, hunt for the willer people which i wanted to see but I didn't get a chance to. It's still playing this year, Artist. Uh, uh, wait, oh, I'd rather sit at home and watch <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, I've only seen one movie at the Shea Artiste, and um, that was The Artist, which I, I love that film, but um, I don't like that theater. They renovated it since then. Did they? Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> Prove it to me. All right, let's go. Let's start now. <laughs> uh, Captain Fantastic. Uh, hey, you guys, you know that Eddie Murphy's still alive? If you, if <laughs> Whoa, you did, wait, where, where's he been? <laughs> he has a movie called Mr. Church coming out. Oh, that's the movie where he's like a, a inspirational figure in a young woman's life. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, John Ford's The Quiet Man. Uh, he's he's a, a really good filmmaker. And a quiet man. <laughs> um, Street Fighter Two on Blu-ray, the anime. The Executioner is coming out on uh, Criterion. There is a new Talladega Nights coming out, which I has a bunch of new special features, and I think it has a theatrical and the unrated cut on two separate discs, so it probably loses... Like, I have the old one, so it probably won't be as compressed. Um, 
Criterion also has the Tree of the Wooden Clogs. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Sounds like a tree full of clogs. Yep. Sounds pretty freaking Danish to me. And you know what? I'm going to scroll down, but I don't think there's anything else. Um, Voodoo Rising is coming out on DVD. Don't know what that is. Yep. And the uh, least selling DVD is Sean's Kitchen with Sean Chef Sean Conley. So that's the worst selling DVD of the week. <laughs> worst selling? Yeah, on Amazon. It's the very last one. Oh, okay. And that's it. Sweet. Cool. Movie news is what keeps this industry moving. This is movie news that I didn't pull up. It's real news. While you pull it up, I've got one off the top of my head. Nice. Uh, so Deadpool 2 has lost its director, right. um, which is quite disheartening because um, I feel like I listened to the commentary on Deadpool and it seemed like uh, Ryan Reynolds and it's Tim what? Tim Miller. Tim, Tim Miller. Miller. I had Tim League in my head, so I was like, no, it's not it. Um, it seemed like they had a really good report. And the article I read says like there's no bad blood between them. It's just creative differences. But it's just like it's a shame because I felt like their team worked so well together to create that beautiful movie the first time. Yeah, I I, I read The Hollywood Reporter, and they said their, uh, their falling out was they couldn't decide on who they wanted to play Cable. Oh, Ooh. wow. That's quite a hill to die on. Yeah. That seems silly. Something tells me there's probably something else. Yeah. Um, and I know that Ryan Reynolds now is more involved in it. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm sure I'll still be okay. Um, yeah. And sometimes you get new creative blood in there. It could shake things up. Yeah. yeah. So we'll uh, see. Donald Glover has been cast as Lando Carlissian. Which I, I thought totally was... I totally love this. I thought that was news like four weeks ago. Like, didn't they already announce that? Or is it just one of those things where it says, like, he's in the running? Um, um, I don't know. I, he always seemed like he's... Yeah, probably. Because he always seems like a guy who would be... Yeah, I assumed he already had it. So, But glad it's confirmed because he would do great, I think. I think so, too. Um, will be great. M- Michael Dord, uh, Daughtry, who directed Trick or Treat and Krampus, will be directing Godzilla 2. Um, so that's good. I like the first Godzilla. It's better the second time I saw it. No comment. <laughs> I, 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 I dug it. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of agree with James. I wish there was more Godzilla in it. Yeah, hopefully Michael Dougherty will put some more Godzilla in it. And less Aaron Taylor Johnson's character. <laughs> um, I really, the big news this week is we got uh, a trailer for Logan. Oh, yeah. Um, which tonally is very, very unusual for a comic book movie. It's like uh, an indie film comic book. Movie. <laughs> it really, it does have a weird feel to it. I, you know, I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, this doesn't feel like a Wolverine film. Like it, it, it feels very different, uh, which I respect. I mean, it, I was reading, I think that's going to be the ninth film that Wolverine is in. Can you believe that? Yeah, time flies. <laughs> yeah, because he's in every single X-Men movie, and then he has his two solo movies, and this will be his third Wolverine, so yeah, it's nine. Of, what, 16 years? Yeah. Jeez. And so, you know, I, I've always said, you know, some people don't like getting burdened with playing the same character Daniel Craig as James Bond. 
But, dude, if you make money off of it and you're still able to do your other stuff because of the notoriety you get by playing these characters, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Like, is it really that hard to take $25 million to make a movie? Or they're offering, I think, uh, Daniel Craig $50 million to be James Bond two more times. So $50 million a movie. Is it really that hard on you? Fuck you, dude. <laughs> There's so many people in this world that could take $50 million. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you just don't want to run around and shoot a gun and say one-liners? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're really going to be that big of an asshole? No, I'm serious. You're going to be that big of an asshole? I just don't get it. It's that detrimental to you? I've never been an actor, so I don't know if there's something hard that I don't... <laughs> hard to be an actor? Well, it's sometimes like you're over, like if you have to shoot overseas so you're away from your family for like six months at a time. Mm, I bet coming home with $50 million probably <laughs> makes up for it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you get that right away. I think it's like over time, like... $50 million over like eight years. Like they just slowly pay out checks. No, of I'm pretty sure they give it to you for being in the movie. Cash up front. Yeah. Cash up front. Like, yeah. It's, okay. It's all delivered in a big truck. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, like Tom Hanks gets $20 million a movie. Right. But I think it's like, yeah, he'll eventually have $20 million after Warner or Paramount, um, sends him so, like 10 years worth of checks. Okay, so Daniel Craig gets $100 million for James Bond for two James Bond movies. So over 10 years, he gets $10 million a year. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have sympathy for him. But anyways, <laughs> back to Hugh Jackman. He embraces it, and he uses it. Um, you know, he's nice to fans. You know, he's one of those guys, uh, even like Tom Hanks, I don't know if you guys saw the video of him he was running through Central Park and these people were taking wedding photos and he stopped and like t- took wedding photos with them and <laughs> oh, yeah. was being like Tom Hanks. You know, be cool. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> Russell Crowe. <laughs> Daniel Craig. <laughs> Christian Bale. Don't be a jerk, man. Just I know it's hard to be famous because everybody knows you and wants to give you free shit and you make millions of dollars <laughs> pretending. <laughs> but come on. Um, anyways. Can we uh, talk about the the claws going through that dude's skull yeah, in the trailer. It's awesome. The international trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, it's pretty in, brutal. It's interesting. Um, I watched X-Men apocalypse this week and they mention the main bad guy and Logan in it. And I, I mean, when I watch those comic movies, sometimes I forget the little Easter eggs throughout them. And his, his name is Caliban. And, um, he's mentioned when, um, apocalypse shows up. Now, they, at the end of Apocalypse, they set up Mr. Sinister, mm-hmm. and I thought that was supposed to be the lead-in for Wolverine. No, I guess, it, I guess it's going to be the next X-Men movie. Wow. So Okay. Yeah. No one's talking about that. No, I think they're gonna, I think that's going to not be the two-year thing. They'll probably take one more year off, because they have Logan coming out. And don't they have Gambit? Or that, no, that got postponed. Yeah. Cool. Uh, news, I guess there was also a Guardians of the Galaxy trailer oh, yeah. that dropped. That one was Which pretty has fun. Teaser. All the answers to everything ever yeah. in that simple scene at the end. Yeah, that one's pretty fun. I actually think the poster's really cool. Yeah. Where it's like black and white and they're all like kind of leaning against. I, like rock stars. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting that the Guardians of the Galaxy has taken on like a life of its own because um, much like when I see the trailer for Doctor Strange, when I saw a trailer for Guardian of the Galaxy the first time, while the trailer is fun, like I think Doctor Strange looks trippy, like this seems a huge risk for Marvel, and but they they always make them work. Uh, and I mean, I've been reading the reviews for Doctor Strange, and it's supposed to be pretty great. But um, you know, it's it, it's so just seeing those characters again, and just um, Peter Quill talking to Drax at the end is just 
like, oh, man, nothing's changed in this movie. They're still pretty much right on where they need to be. <laughs> Bunch of a-holes. Yeah, and, you know, Chris Pratt is uh, such a, a fun actor. Um, I mean, he's easy to like, whether he's in Parks and Rec or, you know, now <laughs> at the biggest movie star. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Can't wait to see how funny he is in Passengers. <laughs> yeah. The Passengers looks really funny. Yep. The comedy of the year. Comedy <laughs> of the year. I think that's it. I can't think of anything else. Yeah. I, I, you looked it up, right? Yeah. 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 That's all I care about. The Nintendo Switch we did at the beginning, yeah. so. Yeah, like I said, the the Doctor Strange stuff is starting to come in right now. And they said the end battle's like, freaking awesome. Yeah. I, I always I said that it looked like MC Escher, and they said it, like, plays like that, too. Yeah, I heard that it's it's definitely a spectacle, but the story's kind of mediocre, so. Yeah, it's uh, an origin it's, story. Yeah, it looks like an origin story, so. I'm down. There's a really funny <laughs> Doctor Strange bit on Jimmy Kimmel where uh, Jimmy oh, Kimmel hires him as a magician. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, where's Marcus? He went home. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, uh, Henry wrote another article, so cool. and he has something to say about it. Thanks, Henry. I love art house movies. You can call me Mr. Asshole. Hey, nerds! It's Henry giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week we reviewed uh, 20th Century Woman, which I guarantee you will be a big Oscar film later this year. It comes out December 25th, around Christmas time. Uh, it is a it's a period piece about the 1970s and second wave feminism, uh, but through the context of a teenage boy's eyes, uh, it's good. There there there's a lot to like about. It. There's also a lot to dislike about it. Uh, you can read my review if you want to see the specifics. Uh, I currently give it a four out of five stars uh, because of the ending particularly. I think the ending is a very beautiful moment in the film. I don't know if it's manipulative or if it's just really well done. I can't tell right now, so the rating might go down in the future. But I did actually like it quite a bit, and I guarantee you this is going to be nominated for a couple Oscars. Uh, Best Actress, definitely. Possibly Best Supporting Actress. uh, And then the Technical Awards as well. Uh, But yeah, that's what we reviewed this week. Uh, And don't worry if you're worried about next week and Halloween because I'm going to have a super spooky art house film to show you guys then. Uh, hope you guys like the film and I hope you guys like what you're ever seeing this week. Bye. Yeah, 20th Century Woman. <laughs> He's really getting into those movies. Yeah. That's good for him though. You know, you can see movies we'll never see <laughs> unless we get them like on Amazon or something. Um, uh, Tony Erdman. Uh, was it Tony Erdman? The yeah. one that he was talking about? It actually looks really good. I saw a trailer. When he it. said three hour comedy, like that was like I think I, I'm curious enough to try that. Yeah, you know, what? does anyone else think it's weird that um, that did, did you see the trailer for Nocturnal Animals? Like it looks like cool, but I don't. It looks like one of those independent movies that drives me crazy. Like it's too weird for its own good. Where I think you know something like Drive is awesome, but then you get something like Only God Forgives. It kind of see it feels like that to me, but I want to see it because it looks weird. Cool. Yeah, glad you're looking to expand your horizons on that one. <laughs> well, you know, I always try. This is the stuff we've been watching this week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, when's the last time you guys saw Lost World Jurassic Park? Uh, last year, I think. You know, the the, the, yeah, the effects in it hold up really well. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I'm trying. I, I I feel like there's a spot that. I, I can't recall right now, but there, I feel like I've a couple of times the raptors. I think their colors look weird, um, but like the stegosaurus looks great. 
Um, I, I watch it because my little boy is like loves dinosaurs, and so he always wants to watch Jurassic Park movies. Um, and I still think the movie's pretty fun. Um, you know, it, it when watching it, I can't help but feel there's some scenes that feel like Kingdom Skull, Crystal Skull for me. Um, you know, the monkeys in Crystal Skull, and then in Lost World is the gymnastics part where she kicks the raptor out of the oh, building. Yeah. Like the scene is so good until that part <laughs> happens. Um, so that's just, but I still think the movie's pretty fun. You know, a lot of people uh, knock the T Rex in San Diego. I think that part's actually pretty fun. I think because uh, I think that's the same summer that the the Roland Emmerich Godzilla came out. Yeah, and I think they, I think it came out before the Lost World. So people had already seen like a giant dinosaur like thing running through San Diego. So it was just it, se- it seemed redundant mm. in the same you know two month span. So yeah, Lost World's Ten times better than yeah. Godzilla, yeah. though. Um, it's got our greatest hero, Jeff Goldblum, in it. So yeah, yeah. Jeff Goldblum's always great. Yeah. And that sequence of the raptors in like the field where they're just pulling people mm-hmm. into the weeds, like that's a great like suspenseful thing. And yeah, um, the, uh, the 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 RV is going over the cliff and stuff. Like that's pretty intense. Oh yeah, no. I, anytime the T Rex shows up, I think it's pretty good. And also like for um, uh, nerds like me. That the T Rex eats the James Horner uh, character, who's like the paleontologist, who said the T Rex is just a scavenger, not a carnivore, is really funny. <laughs> um, so he gets his own. Uh, I also rewatched. Uh, I mentioned it, X Men Apocalypse. Um, I actually think the movie is better the second time I watched it, um, and watching it on Blu-ray, the set pieces don't feel like they're on a set as much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the especially the part where um, Professor X is in egypt with apocalypse and they're on that mountainside when i was watching the theater i'm like wow this looks like it's something out of the ten commandments and uh, it doesn't look as bad on blu-ray did you watch the special features yeah yeah like it's it it's literally just a big round green site and then those rocks yeah so uh, but i still think i think apocalypse is actually a really cool villain um i i and i always like fassbender i think his magneto is really great i think he's really great in the movie um you know, when he's killing those dudes with the necklace, I think it's badass. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think just watching in, I mean, there's, I, I still, I still have the same problems with it. I, I think the new kids in it, I think their dialogue isn't that good. Um, when they're on the helicopter, I think it's kind of goofy. Well, I've said that whole sequence of going to, uh, strikers labs mm-hmm. was, is just all to just get Hugh Jackman in that movie. Yeah. And um, I mean, his, I mean, him running around killing people is badass. Um, but yeah, the helicopter dialogue is pretty like, yeah, it's just like, Hey, we need people to talk here. So we'll just write this scene real quick. But yeah, like I said, I actually think apocalypse is a pretty scary villain and I think he's done really well in it. Um, and they totally murder him in it, which is pretty badass. Um, and you know, I I think McAvoy's great. Uh, nothing will ever top his days of future past line is I don't want your future. I love that line. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's still like very uh, competently made film. Um, yeah, I mean, I still I, I enjoyed it. It feels just like episode two or three of this. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a serialized set of movies. Like, yeah, it's not like this standalone thing anymore. They're trying to like just build episodes in this long trilogy. Well, yeah, not trilogy, but because they're going to be a fourth one apparently. And I still, in case it's not my favorite episode, but I, yeah, I. I, I I need to watch it again. I still think it's fun. And I still totally disagree with James. I think the Quicksilver scene is really fun. Yeah. I don't know why he thinks it's so bad. The Quicksilver scene was fun in that one. Yeah. He, it's a little more stylized because there's a lot more going on. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's fun. Yeah. I, 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 he gets really 
animated about it. I don't know why. I have to ask him again. I can't remember his argument, but he's wrong. He's just jealous because he can't run that fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he never Because even when he saves everybody, I think at the end he has a really great, like, heartbreaking sign. He's like, I'm always late. No matter how fast I am, I'm always late. And I think that's really telling of the character. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's pretty fascinating. Uh, I watched Chopping Mall, which I haven't seen since I was a kid. Um, and it's about these robots that are used as security in a new mall. And what they do is they, <laughs> they look like they're really bad robots. Like, they look really bad. And there's a couple times in the movie where the robots are going across screen and you can see, like, the puppeteers, like, crouch down. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's those guys. So these mall robots, mm-hmm. like, because you said they get struck by lightning and they come to life. Well, the antenna gets struck by lightning. And so... It, they each have an antenna? Well, no, so there's an antenna on top of the mall. Okay. They get struck by lightning and it makes them go crazy. Like, it has, like, tons of gore in it, though. So it's, Is I mean, this a futuristic mall? Like, why do they have robots? No, no 1980s. The robots look like they're from the eighties. They like have uh they square. Like, no, they look like um Johnny Five from uh Short Circuit. Yeah. But he doesn't have eyes or like kinda of look like flying saucer um heads and they're not quite as advanced because they still have like the uh tank track sonum. Are they designed to help people like move uh merchandise around or no so their their whole purpose is security. So if they see somebody stealing something, uh, they okay. shoot them with like a taser. Except when they get struck by lightning, for some reason they shoot lasers. So they're a bunch of robotic Paul Blarts. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, when they kill people, they go, thank you and have a nice day. When they kill people? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's like this great scene where this like chick is running from one of them and she turns and looks at him and it shoots her and it hits her in the head and her whole head just blows up. <laughs> and there's like these really funny, like gratuitous nudity shots like the girls will like literally turn to the camera and take their tops off. <laughs> like, wow, not even trying to hide it. <laughs> um, but it's still like an eighties kind of B movie charm to it. You know, the robot, I mean, the robots are practical, so they're still like driving around and um, doing stuff. Uh, so I, I mean, I appreciate that in the, in the film. And as long as you get past the cheesiness, it's still, it's a pretty fun movie. And it, I think it's like 78 minutes, so it goes by really fast. Oh, so it's not even an investment of time. No. So we have robots that shoot people. Is there any chopping going on at the mall? Ah, uh, man. Does they do. Uh, they do chop off some people's arms. With lasers? Uh, they have like... How do they do? I don't remember. Like they Please they slit dudes' it's throats. Ro- it's like a robotic arm with a big cleaver knife. On no, it. it's. I think they're, they're uh, buzz saws or something, if I remember right. Oh, I, I really watch it on Monday. I can't remember. I'll watch it again because um, it's part of the Vestron collection, which is um, – I used to go to Blockbuster all the time. And remember that like, they used to have – if they weren't straight to video cassette horror films, they were like horror films that made $50,000. And uh, they always had really cool covers, and the covers were never like lived up to the the film. But um, So basically Vestron is a was bought by Lionsgate, and now they're – doing a collection of movies like uh, Scream Factory. So they have really cool special features in it. This movie has four commentaries, three or four commentaries. Wow. So, I mean, I'll, I'll listen to a couple of them and see how it goes. Um, so, it, it, and they, if you want to get them, I was reading they're really limited and they're really expensive. Um, they're like 28 bucks on Amazon. But they only, I think they're only making 3,000 of each movie. So uh, make sure you get them. 
if you're interested in that stuff. Uh, the last thing I watched is uh, The Shallows with Blake Lively and mm-hmm. A Great White Shark. What did you think of the camera praising Blake Lively as if though she were a goddess? I don't think there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> I actually well, thought of course that, there's not. She's a beautiful woman. I actually thought the movie was pretty interesting, and I thought it was. Um, I thought it was pretty well made, and I thought it was shot really well. I think the, the cinematography was really good in it. Um, is uh, it was shot on a beach, and it. I mean, it, the scenery is beautiful. Um, the cinematographer used um, like really soft blues throughout it in the water and stuff, and so it looked really nice. And there's times I thought the shark looked amazing. Uh, other times, because eh, I mean, it's a. I think it cost fifteen million dollars to make. Yeah. So sometimes a shark was average, but there at the end when the shark is chasing her, it, it looks pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's literally her being harassed by a shark. Yep. And her dead mom, her belief yep. in her dead mom saving her. Spoiler. Uh, I don't think her dead mom saves her. I think she's hallucinating. Still. <laughs> it's and cheesy. She, and she's on a... Uh, yeah, there's some... I mean, there's some cheesy parts in it. It's it's definitely a B movie. Um, but like, I think when the... Uh, spoilers. When the shark hits the... Um, spikes at the end. I think it looks pretty badass. I think it looked pretty sweet. Um, I still think, I don't know. I think those movies should be rated R because it's not scary to me to see like a shark like grab somebody and go underwater. Unless Steven Spielberg's making the movie, <laughs> yeah. um, because even then, I mean, um, in Jaws, when that little boy's eaten, I think is like terrifying, and all you really see is like water and blood come up and like the shark turnover. In this, they show you a little more, but I don't think it's as scary. So, um, I mean, Spielberg's obviously a better filmmaker, but yeah, I mean, I liked it. And, you know, I'm never going to complain about seeing Lake Lively in slow motion. And that's another movie. I think it was like 85 minutes, too. It's a short movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I watched this week. Zach, I know you saw Trump Land. Yeah. <laughs> So you read. <laughs> we know you can read. <laughs> it's official. Um, Barely. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make Shaq Reacher this week, so I wanted to watch a new release of some kind. And, and you chose Trump Land? I, it was the only one that I could get on demand. Oh, um, oh you did on demand, gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I watched Trump Land. Um, it's a concert movie. No. And um, Is he just standing on a stage, like, saying everything he wants now? With a Hillary banner in the background um, so he doesn't even go out and like do testimonials or anything he just he just he's like a stand-up comedian well the, at this, this point the that's actually a fair assessment because at this point i think he is well, isn't, isn't the premise of it and you can correct me if i'm wrong isn't he didn't he invite like donald trump voters in and yeah. he like basically asked them to tell him why they're voting for him and he would just like tear into him basically. Oh no 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 not that part. The the part about inviting the vote Trump uh, the Trump voters the mm-hmm. vote Trumpers the vote Trumpers. It's <laughs> the name of my high school band. Um, the deplorables. The deplorables. Um, no, he invited them in just to hear his case for why Hillary should be nominated, and I'm not going to get into the politicking of it. Well, but, your review pissed one person off. Big uh, time. We know who it pissed off, and I'm not even going to dignify it. With I, I always think response. it's so ironic that that person always gets mad about what other people post, and he tries to play it like he's um, bipartisan, and he's not at all. I've gotten into arguments with him about it all the time, where he tried to tell me that I'm a Republican, and I told him, "I'm no, I'm not." <laughs> it's what it is. I'm not racist. 
it's 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 what it is. But um, anyway, the the movie it's the movie itself. You know what's funny is it's like it, it's, it's unlike the last film that he made, which was the Where to Invade Next. Mm-hmm. That one was more of a quiet European type of movie. This one's flat out old Michael Moore doing what he was doing best in the nineties, which is being loud, being proud, doing what he's doing. My favorite part of that movie though, I I, I gave it a fairly decent review, but as, as far as being a Michael Moore movie, it's not my favorite because he's not doing what he's creatively done best over the course. Can of you career. separate the politics from it though? Yeah, I can. Cause I just find it funny. Like mm. I don't agree with capitalism, a love story at all. Mm. I don't think capitalism is a terrible thing. <laughs> But, um, uh, so anyway, that's my review of Trump land. Um, I also got to go to the Alamo nightmare on Elm street marathon. Oh, that's right. I sat through all seven films and never fell asleep once. Very proud of that. Well, you know, I think, I think those movies are made well enough <laughs> that it's not too bad. And they're not, th- and they're not that long. No, I think I, I, th- I think I think New Nightmare's the longest at one fifty eight or something. Yeah, like roughly around like yeah. one forty. Isn't that sad? I know that shit. Why, no, why, why do I know that stuff? You're Run, pathetic. <laughs> Run times of Nightmare on Elm Street. Go in the films. corner now. <laughs> You're a real nerd. <laughs> so after you know, I I haven't seen Freddy's Revenge in a long time, and I think it's really underrated. But I can't. But every, I can't it's remember. Steve's it. favorite is what I found. Really? Out. Yeah. I still think it has one of the best Freddy moments, and he says, "You've got the body, and I've got the brain," and he like rips his head off or peels his skin off. I think it's pretty awesome. Dream Warriors was fun to watch in a theater again. Yeah. Uh, or not again. That's actually this was my first time watching Dream Warriors in a theater because I had seen the first Nightmare at the Esquire midnight mm-hmm. screening. Um, but Freddy's all the, Revenge was fun. I'm going to stop interrupting you. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, how was all the um, prints of them? Oh, they were uh, Blu-ray prints. Oh, nice. So they were nice, crisp 4K nice. projection. Um, uh, Dream Master, uh, I forgot how kinetic it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a very slick film. Oh, yeah. Um, Rennie Harlan, right? Yeah, Rennie Harlan. Uh, coming off of Prisoners, I think uh, it is. Prison. Or? Prison, that's it. Not with, Kane, with Kane Hodder. Yeah. And um, let's see. Uh, Dream Child. I think visually is a cool movie. Yeah, it looks like a comic book, which makes sense given the guy is more of a – comes from the yeah. art department world. Um, Stephen Hopkins. Yeah. Um, he went on to make some good movies. Freddy's Dead. It's awful. I forgot how much I hated that movie. Yeah, Rachel uh Rachel, Rachel yeah, yeah, she botched it's, that big time. Is Well, and I don't – I don't I, – when you I do. Hear, I think. I think the direction and like the pacing of that film is awful. It is, but when you hear, it, it's even worse when you hear what Peter Jackson's pitch was going to be for that movie. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you, so you know what it is? Yeah, I've heard it. If anybody who, out there who doesn't know what it is, Peter Jackson's me. pitch was that Freddy is so weak and decrepit at this point that kids in Elm Street put themselves to sleep with like Valium or whatever just so they can go into dreamland and kick Freddy's ass. And then he just kills one guy all of a sudden and gets just enough strength to possess this cop. And it's uh, th- that would have been an interesting movie. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, have you watched the Never Sleep Again documentary? Yep. 
Uh, I've watched it several times. I think it's very fascinating. Robert England in that. If uh, it, it, It's like the Crystal Lake memories. It just encompasses the whole Elm Street uh, series. He said for uh, five and for six, he actually uh, did two takes of each Freddy. And then they ended up just taking the funny ones instead of making the scary ones. <laughs> which I would love to see him actually. That's why... Um, I think New Nightmare is so effective too, is because it goes back to Freddy being not—he's uh, more not malevolent. a joke. He's a—he's mo- malevolent. Yeah, and you know, uh, I so I mean, as soon as six was over, and I know I'd be seeing um, part seven, I get immediately excited. I think I think seven is the best of them. He he, Steve programmed it correctly to where you end. It's the bookend of Craven. Mm-hmm. So and it works because you. After Freddy's dead, my friend and I were kind of like, oh, gosh, we forgot how much that was, how how terrible that was. But then when we got out of Nightmare 7, we were just invigorated again. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, my favorite shot in that whole film, you know, people will say when, um, you know, Freddy drags a babysitter, he's like, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, it was a really cool shot. Never play skin the cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite shot is when Heather Langenkamp is on the talk show. Uh-huh. And... Robert England as Freddy comes through and then he does like the wave. Oh yeah. And everybody is cheering. I love that shot. It's I think the, it's, it's the, my God, what have we, what monster have we created? Yeah. I think by... it's, I think it's so brilliant. I think the music in it is so well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that movie much like last action hero, I think is so far ahead of its time when it came out mm-hmm. that when scream came out two years, la- three years later, two or three years later, two years later came out, and is basically the same movie, yeah. but just you know more wink, wink, and slasher. Um, that movie was so far ahead of its time because I even think, um, like the Freddy with the trench coat, I think looks really cool. Um, uh, the glove is okay. I, I didn't like it with like the, the skeleton. I like it more of the like you know. The I like his hardware, mask where it hardware, looks more yeah. like the exos, uh, the, yeah. the mus- muscular. Yeah. I play. I think, and I think, I think the new nightmare. There, I think there's parts that are really scary in it. Um, you know, I, I think it, I, I do. I think it's the best nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, people are like Ooh, the first one. Yeah, the first one's great. But I think as far as where Wes Craven is as a filmmaker and as a writer, mm-hmm. and just that one shot, I think is the best of the whole series. But um, it has my favorite line of Wes Craven dialogue in that movie. Yeah, what's that one? Um, it's after um, I can't remember the kid's name. But he goes up to the top of the uh, uh, rocket structure mm-hmm. in the park and falls down. And it's just after he's had a discussion with his mother about God. Mm-hmm. And then he gets up after he's fallen down and says, God wouldn't take me. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, that's in a horror movie with Freddy in it. Like, how is that possible? No, I, I think it's I, like I, said, I think it's the best nightmare in Elm Street because I think it's so smart. Um Maybe the the first one I think is uh, more imaginative. I don't know how to describe it, but I think creative. I, yeah, I think I think the seventh one's the best one. Nice. And at the end of the event, they gave us all a mondo patch. Oh, nice. Um, which was a picture of a uh, eyeball with the eyelid being slid off with a razor blade, as a reference to um, uh, an off-screen death in part three. Um, that like they said, uh, and also what apparently was supposed to be Wes Craven's character in New Nightmare, where he just mm-hmm. he slid his own eye, eyelashes off so he could mm-hmm. stay, or eyebrows off so he could stay. Um, but uh, the last thing that I watched this week was um, I watched the Act of Killing. It's a documentary. 
that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Because re- right. no, really, I I, I, I heard can't it's th- pretty brutal. It's brutal. Not oh, not okay. in a like this is hard hard to like. Oh, it's hard to get through, but it's like it's like it's a content thing. It's a content thing where it's hard to stomach. Yeah. So um, that's all I really want to say about it because I, I still am processing that film. Isn't Maybe I'll have a better review next week. This film crew uh, goes around and like follows these. Uh, is it Africa or South America? I thought it was Indonesia. Indonesia. Yeah. Um, these tribes in Indonesia and like follows and like films all these brutal regimes, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's it's. Ah, uh, God! I, I just I I picked the long the wrong one to end <laughs> on my segment. <laughs> Made a bum everyone out, Zach. Yeah. So that's all I watched this week. Cool, Brad. Um, I watched a ton and I forgot to write stuff down. So, um, I'll do my best to remember everything. Uh, I watched a quiz show. Not mm-hmm. actually this week, but a couple weeks ago. It's nice. Been a long time. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, America doesn't own the five hundred. What? That's from the beginning of the movie. I watched this like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, it's a it's about a this. It, it was a real show, right? Or is it something else? Like they they. Uh, it was yeah. It was it was uh, was I I'm trying to remember the name of the show, but it was the Van Doren scandal. Yeah, in the movie, it's it, the show's called Twenty One. It's a quiz show. To uh, the contestant, there's two contestants. They each get in separate booths. And they just answer questions, and they get, have a certain point value for each of them, and they have to get to twenty-one to win. And uh, yeah. you find out that there's shenanigans going on. Yeah, uh, initially it just seems like they get to this new contestant, and um, it, it's about ratings, like the type of people that are on TV entice certain advertisers to, uh, you know, invest in your show. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad that like, so John Turturro's, uh, the, the current reigning champion and then, um, uh, Ray Fiennes comes along and he's an educated man. Um, but he's but, just enamored with these quiz shows. And he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's curious about these quiz shows. Uh, he finds them interesting and, uh, but, uh, the, the show is looking to do a shakeup because they're tired of John Turturro winning. Uh, well, the audi- the advertisers are, are, are they're like just arbitrarily done with Jotaro, um and a little bit has to do with him being Jewish, um, and so they want a more uh, Christian-looking man uh, selling Geritol uh, and winning. And so, in order to keep uh, Ray Fiennes winning, they start feeding him the answers ahead of time, and that's the scandal. Is uh, in order to um, sell Geritol and elevate. The profits of NBC, I think it was NBC. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, which on the one hand, like watching it, I was like, like uh, Hank Azaria is in it, and at one point he says, like, when they're up against testifying before Congress and stuff about their little plan and everything, it's like on the one hand, like, yeah, it's it's a shitty thing to do, but it was just a show. It's just entertainment. It's not like they were giving people wrong information. It's not like they were telling them like the like the answers were misinformation. It's just they, uh, they were trying to sell ad time. So technically they were actually just doing their jobs. People and don't, it, people don't like cheaters though. Yeah. That's right. That's the other end of the yeah. argument here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So as far as like portraying yourself as like, uh, a winner, 
that's super knowledgeable yet like that's yeah not cool but in the business of television like you were really only selling people 30 minutes of entertainment um and they weren't like misrepresenting well i guess it turned out geritol isn't <laughs> a product that does what it does no yeah it's it's it was a. It's, it's just it's like a placebo or something right yeah um but anyway uh so yeah it's it's well acted and interesting, like uh, Martin drama. Martin Scorsese's in that movie. Yeah, you get to see Martin Scorsese, the actor, <laughs> the shitty Geritol CEO. Because <laughs> um, it's it's between that or Shark Tale, guys. <laughs> also, uh, I forgot to talk about on uh, Die Hard. The, they were talking about the rules of editing in the commentary, and like uh, McTiernan's talking about how he was frustrated that the the uh, before Die Hard there were certain rules in the studios of like how you're allowed to edit movies. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of those things is the action movies ahead of that didn't want you to cut in the middle of camera movements. So if the camera is like moving left to right or up and down, like you had to finish that pan or that tilt, um, before you could cut to another shot. That's an interesting, it was like this shitty, stupid rule like that to limit, um, your creativity. Um, and so, yeah, in Die Hard, he's like, fuck that. We're going to cut. And that's how modern action looks great these days is because it's so frenetic and uh, the energy's there. You know, you're not just, like, beholden to... Um, it's interesting. I've never heard of that was, like, the rule of editing, quote-unquote. Yeah, I mean, that's what I guess he was taught. It's like, don't cut in the middle of a in the middle of movement. Um, so Sometimes now that, the rules are made to be broken. Yeah. So, on the new stuff, I watched uh, the film Next with Nicolas Cage and Jessica Biel and <laughs> Julianne Moore. I, on Netflix, like, all my favorite stuff I've run out of. So, I'm just, like, picking off, like, those mid-2000s action just movies. Just random stuff. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, that w- I would never go to the theater to pay for, but I get it for free. So, $10 a month. Um, hopefully, it's good to talk about on the show. So, Next, Nicolas Cage can manipulate time with his mind. He can go back two seconds. Who, what, where? Using his <laughs> using his brain. That's um, all I can do for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that, that sums it up. <laughs> um, More of a time protector. Yeah, uh, he and so he's sort of using that power to gamble at casinos, and so uh, while he's gambling, he manages 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 to thwart a robbery. Um, so. Things will play out, but then he's able to like backtrack and then go and stop it. And then Julian Moore is like, I don't know, the head of the FBI or something, some government agency. They want his power because they have chatter that there's a nuclear threat uh, coming to America, so that they're trying to harness his power. Meanwhile, he's just trying to hit on Jessica, uh, Jessica Biel because um, he had this premonition. Isn't he like thirty years older than she is? Yeah, it, it's creepy. <laughs> uh, not to say that that's wrong, but it's just it's hard to watch in the movie. Hey, Jessica Biel. Because <laughs> for no other reason that he had a dream about her, he's like super into her. And so he goes to this diner, and to pick her up, he like, you know, gives her some cheesy pickup line. She brushes him off. And so like a creeper, he does the two-second jump back, tries a different line. And he does it like five or six times, and then her boyfriend shows up. And then he tries to impress her by, like, beating the shit out of him. And she's not impressed, so he backtracks again. And then, like, coolly and calmly 
like outsmarts the guy and like that's his way in um and so yeah from then on it's just about like trying to run off with her and then the government's trying to track down him and then finally uh the really weird part is they defeat the bad guy and he uses his power to like he's running at him and then he's able to like matrix it where he's like layered over himself and he's jumping over himself like composited it's like oh i guess he has this power now to like multiply himself or is this like a representation of two seconds over and over again at the same time so we don't have to like watch it like the diner scene again and then um they beat him and they walk out to the the deck of the ship and the nuclear bomb goes off and they failed and you're like oh shit how's this movie actually gonna end and instead it goes back to when he was banging Jessica Beale <laughs> when he finally takes her to bed and he decides like I have to let her go so that all the trajectory of events that just happened this is how I get us to the nuclear bomb not going off and then you don't get to the nuclear bomb resolution the movie just kind of like he goes to talk to Julianne Moore and tells him like okay I'm going to work for you and then the movie ends yeah weird, weird ending yeah not not very climactic that action movie um and then i watched uh okay so i watched sphere the dustin sharon hoffman stone. sharon stone michael crichton samuel L. jackson adaptation of his book um and then i followed that with arbitrary like just not even trying event horizon that's two different movies no they're <laughs> very much the same movie because sphere is about them going underwater to this alien ship mm-hmm. and finding a sphere embedded in it that is able to control their minds and make them paranoid and uh, tries to kill them. And that's yeah, sphere. But it's not as like violent though. It's not as yeah. It's not as demonic and violent as Event Horizon, but it's pretty much the same pres- uh, <laughs> premise. Miss underwater, Anderson, right? Sphere because then it makes sense because <laughs> you know they're going into a place underground. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, and if you if you've never seen Event Horizon, it's that same premise in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Neill um, is this doctor who I thought he was like heroic, but watching it again, no. like right away, he's, yeah, he's pretty he, shitty. Yeah, like he's a bad guy trying to like kill all these people. Um, Lawrence Fishburne uh, is the ship or the team captain. Uh, Sean Pertwee, who's Alfred on Gotham right now, is in that movie, and. It was really weird that I followed that up. I watched Equilibrium, and mm. he's like the dystopian leader in that movie. So I don't remember. I don't know what my brain is doing to like <laughs> link all these movies together, but clearly there's a plan. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, equi- equi- Equilibrium. I haven't seen in a long time, but that's uh, uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Um, it was build as like the other matrix yeah but it's i don't think it no, is i don't think so either like the the action is a, well it doesn't have the bullet time but it's like he the the uh the clerics in the movie which he's one of them are able to just like they their 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 skill set of how to like shoot the most how to kill their enemies like in the most optimum way mm. so they're able to move a little a lot faster and more precise uh, that's about as close as it gets to the Matrix. Otherwise, it's like a 1984 thing where everyone's repressed with like these, you know, there's no war and everything's peaceful, but everything's super bland and all art is just a, like 
disallowed and uh it's gotten to the point where the the father the the ruler of the the land is like you know you don't even haul in the they're called um sense offenders so if you feel anything in your life you're hauled in to uh get reconditioned but at this point it's just like kill on sight and then christian bale skips his drug dose for a day and uh he eventually like sean beans in it and obviously he dies uh and that's kind of what like sets up <laughs> christian bale off on like he has to kill his partner sean bean and uh yeah, sean's like reading a book and like do you have any idea like how beautiful art is and stuff and so yeah if, uh I, it's a it's a cool movie about um you know how fascism can take hold and like go too far and stuff and um yeah i also watched uh oh yeah so i went to the drive-in and it was awesome because i was the only one there that's pretty awesome yeah like i i never expected that like i figured at least one other like eventually two other cars did show up but that was like for the other two movies but the first one i had to watch was storks um and i got there a little late so i didn't like get the setup for it but was it awful or is it not too bad it's just it's just such dorpy uh dopey like kid pandering humor dorpy Dorpy, yeah (laughs) i was like dorky and dopey at the same time um uh, and if you like if you're really into babies like it really celebrates how cute babies are um but uh uh what's his name from pop star Andy Samberg. Amy, Andy Samberg plays the main stork, and I didn't remember anyone's names. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is the boss stork. They switched over from delivering babies to package delivery, uh, and I think the the part I missed explains this, but I assume it was just for profit. Like it, uh, you know, made more money than delivering babies, and he wanted to turn it into like a bigger company. And then there's an orphan girl who got never got delivered. D- Danny Trejo plays like her stork. Um, he's kind of like a fuck up. And uh, she's t- tasked with delivering, like, the first baby that was created in a long time through their factory. Uh, she teams up with the Annie Samberg Stork, and they go on just silly adventures trying to get that baby delivered. And uh, meanwhile, there's this other family um, of three. The little brother wants another brother, and so they're trying to... I guess it's uh, in the lore, like, if you set up a target on your house, like, that'll draw the storks to drop one off for you. So, um, uh, I guess the the kid was an introvert, and so, like, building this little target on their house, like, gets the mom and dad to stop being workaholics and, like, bond with their son. Uh, So there's that storyline going on, and they all come to a head. What? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't follow it's, any of that. It, it, I, it seems really complicated for a kids' movie. I mean, I, there's a lot of just like zaniness going on, so um, I was kind of in and out on it. And I, again, I told you I, I missed like the first five or ten minutes, so there's probably some setup that explains a lot. But it's, essentially, it boils down to like this orphan girl trying to like she's always wanting to get back to her family. Um, the Andy Samberg stork, I think he's just trying to be a better employee. And uh, Kelsey Grammer Stork, he's doesn't want like he doesn't want to do baby delivery. He wants to do package delivery and make billions of dollars. Yep, that's all. That's all I got. Storks. Um. And then I uh, I started the uh, the British series, the IT Crowd. Am I the only one on that one? I don't even I think know what so. that is. <laughs> uh, 
it's it's a sitcom, British sitcom. Uh, Chris O'Dowd and uh, Richard Iode. He was in the Watch, um, the guy with the glasses and the fro. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they have a third character. Uh, I, I forget the actress's name, um, but she gets hired to this IT department, but she doesn't know anything about IT. So the other two are like frustrated that their boss is going to be like this girl who doesn't know anything about what they do. Uh, meanwhile, they have like a Michael Scott idiot boss overseeing the company halfway through the series. Uh, they get rid of him, kill him off and uh, replace him with an even more like promiscuous, like uh, sex addict of a boss. So he's always trying to like, uh, take the the female character out on dates and like hit on her and stuff um meanwhile he's making all these dumb decisions about the company um but i thought it was pretty uh funny show uh a lot of the great gags are like in the first episode uh the 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 moss character the more nerdy of the two um he like if something breaks in the in the office like they flip the object over and it says made in britain so everything that breaks is like got a like a made in britain tag on it it's funny and then um he accidentally starts a fire and uh like i think all the episodes where a fire starts they just let it burn and so like the desk is just on fire half the time and uh one at one point the boss comes down and they're trying to hide it so they just build like a cardboard uh computer monitor and like frame the fire and the boss comes down and says like hey cool screensaver and like just walks by (laughs) so yeah it's just kind of dorky nerd humor and stuff um and i think that's it i started watching the core but i didn't finish it but what's that one again it's the one aaron eckhart uh oh that's right hillary swank, hillary swank. they try to, to the, the, the core the, of the earth has stopped let's reignite it yeah and uh to, what stop the weather or something like that or control the weather right i thought that was part of it, it was like they stopped the core because they were trying to control the weather no the well I've only seen half of it, but they said the core stopped just arbitrarily. Oh. But it caused all these birds to attack everybody, and uh, like twenty people to just automatically drop dead. Mm. <laughs> so the magnetic field <laughs> uh, is messed up, and that's apparently what happens. Uh, but the thing that stood out to me was like, at one point they have to go. Uh, what's his name? Stanley Tucci is like the main scientist, and he's like, I, like I know how to fix this. I know some things. Uh, there's this guy in this desert and he's been building cause they don't know how to drill to the earth cause it's so compact in the center of the earth. They don't know how, like how to get it. So, but he, uh, Stanley Tucci knows the scientist who's, who's been making like this laser drill. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go to the desert, they see his lab. He's all pissed off. Cause apparently at one point Stanley Tucci like double crossed him and like took his research, whatever. Um, but he shows him the drill and then they're like, okay, well we've got the drill to drill the center of the earth. Now we need a, something like a ship to deliver the drill with um but how are we gonna like what element on earth could possibly be strong enough to not be affected by the drill but also like contain us um and that element that material that the scientist has created is called unobtainium which you may remember from a movie that came out years later called avatar wow so james cameron's a thief I don't know if he stole it, but still it's like, unobtainium is a thing. Like, two people have thought of this <laughs> ridiculously named element. Element. But how can we get it? It's unobtainium. Yeah. 
Like it, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense, more sense in Cameron's thing because like they're trying to mine for it. But in this one, it's supposed to just be a shield, so I don't know how not obtaining. I, I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's better not to know. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, there's like this line. I have to remember what it is. I swear I heard it in another movie, but like someone said, like because they're talking about trying to break up the rocks, or whatever, and they say like it's like breaking down like. How you've ever seen Breaking Down a Kidney Stone on the Discovery Channel? I feel like I heard that before, like in a recent movie this year. Uh-huh. Okay. If you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> please write in. Cause I, I Googled it and I couldn't figure it out. So I'd like to solve this puzzle. I'm, I swear I heard someone else describe eradicating something by breaking down a kidney stone like you've seen on the Discovery Channel more than once. Welcome back to solve Brad's problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go home and scrawl that quote on my wall over and over again. <laughs> this is not reality. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a black crayon? <laughs> yep. That's all I, I thought watched. I thought you were going to tell me that uh, my ADR from Magnificent Seven was wrong. Uh, since you brought it up, I will. <laughs> I was trying to keep it short since I felt like I talked for like an hour there. No, only 27 minutes. <sighs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I, I quoted verbatim, but I mean... But it's the, ADR, the though. No one's mouth is moving. Well, most... <laughs> like, 80% of the movies you're listening to is ADR, like... No, but I'm talking about the ones that's so obnoxiously noticeable. It stands it's, out. What, what, what's the line? Because no one has any faces. It's cool. it. What's the line again? You, you wrote it down and you sent a text message to me about it. I know, I gotta read it. I gotta read that text message. Um... So did you notice it at the, in the middle of the movie? Like, Ooh, where's the shots coming from? No. I think you guys are just... During the fight sequence, I went to the concession stand, so... Oh. I missed it. You, you asshole. So you, not only you're the only one there, but you went to the concession stand, so everybody had to work for you? <laughs> I thought I was doing them a favor, like giving them something to do. You know. Probably they have to be there for... Probably jizzed in your popcorn. I didn't have popcorn. I had two cheeseburgers, and it took like 20 minutes to do it. So that's why I missed most of the fight. So they chased in your cheeseburgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't spit in it. It took so long. I was like, God, I hope they remember there's cheese in it. And it's not just a regular hamburger. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. Um, Logan trailer. What's the line? Oh, yeah. There's more gold in the wagon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. <laughs> but like their faces are on screen. So now. it's like you can't pin the voice to their mouths. So, but yeah, but it's like a line. All I could think of too it's is never going to line up. Yeah, it's a Patton Oswalt where he's he's talking about how he punches up scripts. Yeah, where there's like, hmm, we need to add something here. <laughs> Ooh, there's more goon in the wagon. <laughs> oh, it's so boring watching them carry this metal container. Yeah, let's let's get the audience's attention. There's more goon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was still right. Uh, and they they ended it with "Don't Breathe," which was cool to watch again. Oh yeah. Um. I think I liked it more the second time. I know the first time around, I was like, well, the kids are fucking thieves, so I'm, I'm glad the blind man kicked their asses. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's it's still a cool, like, experience. Like, yeah. Really tense. Uh, He's a good director. Punch moments, yeah. So. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Jack Reacher never go back. Brad, should people go see Jack Reacher never go back? Uh, I think people should never go back. And watch Jack. <laughs> Just kidding. Like that's that's that set it's set up for that. 
that had to happen. Uh, no, um, it's it's for me. It was okay. I haven't seen the first one. Oh, you haven't. That's but right. hearing what you guys said about the first one, I feel like this is a, a really bland follow up. Like it doesn't, it didn't seem very like badass to me. Um, like the actors are fine acting in it, but a lot of the uh, material seemed like dad humor to me. Um, there's parts where they're like they say swear words, but it's like you know, it's just like. They, they they say dick, but it like seems like they want to say fuck instead. Um, so it just seems like very tamed down. And then mm. the whole element of like the daughter sidekick, I'm just like, I don't know. It, it's it's just, it's okay. It's a it's a standard like you would see it on network TV later, and it would be a okay to wait uh, to pass time. Yeah, uh, my I mean, there's some really cool moments in the movie, but uh, I I agree with you. I mean. Um, I still don't think like Tom Cruise makes a bad movie, but every once in a while he makes a movie. It's like, Oh, you know, he made that movie. Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, if, if you like Tom Cruise and you like the first Jack Reacher, go see it. I mean, um, you, you, I don't think it's a waste of time, but, um, it's not as good as the first one. It did make me want to watch the first one. Like uh, the first one's better, a lot yeah. better. Um, so yeah, uh, here's, here's, here's a trailer for, uh, Jack Reacher. Never go back to the theater to see this movie again. What the hell happened here? There's a fight. One guy took them all down with his bare hands. He's still in there. Turn around, mister. Let me see your hands. Slowly. Aggravated assault is a felony in this state, Mr. Reacher. Process him and get him to county. Two things are going to happen in the next 90 seconds. Excuse me? First, that phone over there is going to ring. Second, you're going to be wearing these cuffs on your way to prison. (laughs) Well, that is one magnificent prophecy, Mr. Reacher. It's just going to keep on ringing. When are you coming to D.C.? I move around a lot. You're a legend. Folks wonder why you left. Purple Heart, Silver Star. There is this big dent in the desk. People say you made it with someone's head. Jack Reacher for Major Turner. Major Turner's been arrested. On what charge? Espionage. He's been set up. How much does Reacher know? How's it going? I don't like being followed. You think you're invulnerable. That's right. Maybe I rip your arm off and beat you to death with it. I'm sorry about this. Rachel? You're here to kill you. My men were shot by one of our own. This is bigger than I imagined. You ever lose anyone on your watch, Reacher? You're a dead man. You think you're above the law. But I'm not the law. So you should start running, because I'm going to start hunting. And when I find you, I'm going to kill you all. It's a haircut. All you guys go to the same barber? I just thought I'd do the joke for you, Brad. You did better, actually. (laughs) Thank you. So Um, was the problem no Werner Herzog? 
well, well the, the villain the is problems. quite. There's a. I, I think. Yeah, I think uh, we touched on it at the beginning. So in the, he has like a he gets this. So, anyways, Jack Reacher is he's still doing what he's doing. If you've seen the first, he's one, a wandering hero. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all. He, in the first one, they set up that. You don't know when he's going to show up, but when he shows up, the shit hits the fan. Have you seen the first Jack Reacher? Yes, I have. So, yeah. So, like, in the first one, he doesn't even... When does he show up? Like, 20 minutes into the movie? I want to say 20 to 30 minutes. Our yeah. main character doesn't show up until 20 yeah. minutes in the first movie? So, wow. the, the movie opens with... a The first one opens with this really, like, tense, like, sniper uh, scene. And then uh, this, uh, this... So, yeah, Tom Cruise didn't show up for, like, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Something like that. He doesn't show up for a long time, but he, he, he really doesn't have an introduction. He just shows up. Um, and in this one, they're kind of capitalizing, like, you know, he, he's in the diner, and he's there because the, um, the sheriff's a bad dude Corrupt or whatever. sheriff or something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in this, he's doing that. He's kind of develops a relationship with Kobe Smolder's character. Um, As a result of Yeah, the Major Taylor. Because she, yeah, because yeah, she kind of sends him out on missions, but he didn't know that uh, he didn't expect a woman. Um, and so they kind of have this like flirting thing over the phone and he decides he's going to go to DC cause he wants to take her out on a date. Uh, when he gets there, she's been arrested for espionage and then there's this huge like cover up and you find out that she doesn't want to talk to him now because he has a supposedly has a daughter, um, and that he didn't know about for 15 years. Yeah. Uh, his supposed like ex wife or girlfriend. Yeah. Ex girlfriend. Has laid he, a claim that, um, like she wants a DNA test or something and like child support. Yeah. So, uh, he just licks the floor. It's weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's the basic premise of the movie. And then he just keeps on, uh, he's trying to exonerate that, that uh, major Taylor. Yeah. Um, and by doing so, he just gets himself further in and he's starting to find out what happened with this defense contract. So it's actually too, it's kind of like the, like the bad guys are, you know, rogue defense contract people, which isn't that new. Um, yeah. But the weird thing is, like, it, like right away when you find out that like, Kobe Smulders has been indicted or whatever and mm-hmm. captured, you're like, oh, well, clearly the guy telling you that information seems like he's the villain of the movie. Yeah. And then this, what is it, price clarity or something? Uh, para. Para, yeah. Something. something. Parasource. Parasource. Um, they have a bunch of assassins around the world. And uh, they just, they're able to send, like, two guys into the military prison to get Kobe Smulders. Yeah. I mean, there's some things that don't, it sets up, I mean, basically to me. And then they get out because there's a food truck there. Yeah, it sets up going from how can we make Tom Cruise be cool in, you know, fight scenes. Again, I mean, I had fun watching the movie. And in fact, as the movie started going along, I started getting into it more. Um and I mean, you know, in the end in New Orleans where they're like starting to kill people and stuff, I think like that Kobe Smolders like fight scene was badass when she used the hose against the dude. Mm. Um, yeah, but then, you know, the tacked on like smart ass daughter was like yeah. stupid. But I, I did like that he was mean to her. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, and she's like, I'm going to leave. All right. All right. <laughs> leave. Uh, where are you going to go? Was Macquarie the director on this one? No, it was Edward Zwick, Zwick yeah. who did uh, The Last Samurai. I just want to point out, yeah. it really drives me nuts when people uh, think that Tom Cruise is The Last Samurai in The Last Samurai. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. <laughs> what's uh, uh, Ken Watanabe? Yeah, what's his character's name? I forget his character's name. Yeah. That. Um, but yeah, he's The Last Samurai. Just I'm going to clear that up. Because <laughs> I, I read a Hollywood Reporter ranking of Tom Cruise movies, and they mentioned that 
the whitewashing of Tom Cruise being the last samurai. I'm like, he's not the last samurai. Oh, the reporter didn't watch the movie. They did not watch the movie because <laughs> the last samurai is the last samurai in Japan fighting against the weapons. <laughs> Like the Civil War, anyways. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> so then, like halfway through, there's like another white dude who's like running Parasaurus, mm-hmm. um, and you get no introduction to him. He's just no. in the room. Yeah. And then later, when Tom Cruise and Kobe Smulders like confront him at the airbase, um, he just goes into, you know, I'm respected general guy. Yeah. But How do, dare you? <laughs> I, I thought her line was badass. Where she's like, I'm gonna grab you by your hair plugs and bitch slap that <laughs> smug look off your face i'm like oh shit uh, that's awesome and, the, and when, but like i'm watching it and the they're like they're opening the crates and there's like the suspected drugs aren't there i'm just like they're probably in the rocket launchers and then it takes like t- another 10 minutes for, well, for tom cruise to like look around and be well like, they weren't uh they didn't know there was drugs in them they thought there wasn't anything in the crates and so they were just um making money off the united states government by Selling them stuff that wasn't there, right? But like, I'm just saying, like, I'm yeah. ten steps ahead, and we're. I'm just still waiting for Tom Cruise to like bust open one of the crates. And yeah, he finally does. Like, oh yeah, they're, they're opium bags. Yeah, stuffed but in the... I, at the end, like, I thought like the last fight scene was badass. So too, where like the first guy, he just runs and pushes off the side of a building, and then he tackles this dude, and they fall off the building and they hit, and so they're all kind of fucked up fighting. And uh, but before that fight, though, he says like. There's yeah. four things I'm going to do, or five things I'm going to do yeah. to you. I'm going to break both your arms, then both your legs, and then I'm going to break your neck. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he does in this fight, and it's badass. So he breaks this guy's arms, and he grabs him by the back of the head and puts his knee into the back of his head. He's like, look at me. Look at me. And the dude looks up, and he breaks his neck. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, and then, then he's... Yeah, yeah. Go, sorry. No, go ahead. But then there's parts on the plane where, like, there's two other, like, undercover Parasaurus guys, and he, like, brutally attacks both of them. On a plane, which I've flown a plane, like you hear everything <laughs> on a plane. So I'm just like, I don't know how. Well, don't bother his friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's from Commando. <laughs> I thought it was, this, it was actually from this movie. I swear he did that same thing. <laughs> he didn't, but. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, no, that, that one, so remember, he knocked the dude out and then he like broke his ankle. <laughs> the dude was knocked out. Uh, no, I, think it's, I think it's a cool role for Tom Cruise because it's, he's kind of not. Uh, the normal action star in it. He's kind of uh, like, he's not a nice person. I mean, he kind of just goes from place to place. And yeah. I like the character that it's, just, he's this cool, like, um, mate, like former major. He's, he, I, I get the sense he's disillusioned with the government and that's why he like mm-hmm. tried to get it out as soon as he could. Um, so, but I, as far as this movie goes, it just seemed really bland. Yeah. Um, like, like, yeah, the end fight is pretty cool, uh, but it, it wasn't as brutal and as exciting as I heard. Like, and he doesn't do a lot of like the driving from the first yeah, trailer. Yeah, yeah, and so and there's a lot of like gender, uh, like uh, banter of like like Kobe Smulders gets upset at one point because he wants to go out and track down the guys, and she has to stay there and watch the kid. He's like, why do I have to stay here and watch the kid? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'm a woman? <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's an interesting dynamic to it. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, like I said, I don't think there, I still don't think there's a bad Tom Cruise movie. Mm-hmm. This one's like in the middle of his like yeah. filmography for me. You know, it's it's not a bad movie. It's not, like, I think it's bland. Yeah, it's nothing that elevates it. Um, yeah. Like the, the scheme of the villains isn't that compelling. Um, the guy he does actually kick his ass at the end like 
that guy is just like out to get Tom Cruise because yeah, he thinks he's better than him. Yeah, uh, he ends up double crossing all of his own guys to get to him. Yeah, um, I mean, so it's it's just not uh, very deep. Yeah, see, what makes that first one cool is there's like a huge car chase that doesn't have any music. It's literally just the car noises driving, and it's badass drive style. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess you have a different director, different vision for the movie, so they're going to be totally different. But and how stupid is that girl when she oh, orders geez. the credit card? Oh yeah, after everything they went through. Yeah, just to set up the end scene. Yeah, I, I mean, I did like too that at the end though. Jack Reacher didn't like stay with either of them. He's like, "Fuck you, I'm out of here. <laughs> You're not my kid." <laughs> But even then, you know, I, I do think I, I I really do think Tom Cruise is a great actor. I thought he uh, he was pretty good at the end when he was trying to leave. But yeah, yeah, I still had fun watching it. But yeah, so um, what do we see next week? Uh, the only movie that's coming out is Inferno. Which <laughs> you know what makes me mad? So Inferno <laughs> is the only one that comes out next week, but the following week there's four new movies. The week after that there's five. You literally can't have a counter-programming movie. And that's... I mean, I love Tom Hanks. Um, I'm just not that big. I haven't even seen the second Da Vinci Code movie. Angels yeah. and Demons? Yeah. I think... I think you might like that more than you like the Da Vinci Code. I, see, I don't My know. experience with the Da Vinci Code is I walked in to the wrong theater. So I saw the end <laughs> <laughs> of the movie and then went to the other theater after it had ended and then followed up. So Yeah. See, the thing is, like, Ron Howard's great. I think Felicity Jones is great. Uh, ben Foster's in it. Um, I don't know. Just the trailer. It seems like like the trailer seems like it's a cheap movie, even though it's a huge blockbuster. It seems like it's a made-for-TV movie. And he says, "Oh, wait a minute! It's a seven um, layers of hell or seven levels of hell, but it's upside down." They are kind of shifting it in and out of time on that trailer like the what they're yeah. ending together so. and i mean ron howard's a great director but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see i mean i know we can see it or we can do something else i don't care and is tom hanks doctor who because like in each of the movies he has like a female companion yeah i i couldn't i don't remember he's like james bond i guess indiana jones i guess i go to best something. buy i think they have da vinci code and angels and demons on one blu-ray for like 7.99 yeah i, I mean I maintain you might like Angels and Demons more than you like the Da Vinci Code because Angels and Demons is a little bit more tight. Yeah, I mean, I thought the book was awful of uh, the Da Vinci Code. I don't know why that's so popular. It literally had the chapters in that book where it'd be like two paragraphs. Roughly, this is, yeah. <laughs> this is bad. So, I don't know. I like Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Hanks, so. You like both Toms. I do like both Toms. You're just full of Tom. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll figure something out. We'll tweet it. We'll post it. Maybe there'll be some specialty, uh, like limited release film. Maybe we can figure something slide out. out too. Yeah, I did hear that Night Living Dead got a 4K restoration. So I don't know if that'll be released here, but hopefully they'll put a real Blu-ray out for it. Yep. Yep. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Or hear you next. You hear me next time. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's got to be your bowl. Bye. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds podcast.